Hey everyone. As you know, I'm a huge fan of living a healthy lifestyle, including taking the right supplements. Collagen is one of my favorite supplements. It is the most abundant protein in the human body. As we grow older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. This loss affects our skin, nails, hair, muscles, joints, and tendons, bones, and gut, making us look and feel old. Totem Voss is a wellness company that created a collagen chew for a real-life person, the 78-year-old mother of the founder. As a result, the quality is unrivaled. Totem Voss chews contain equal part deep-sea Icelandic cod, domestic grass-fed beef, and organic chicken bone broth, along with companion ingredients such as vitamin C for full collagen synthesis. These varied sources address a greater range of collagen needs within the body. Their customers are reporting results with such problems as rosacea, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, degenerative disc disease, as well as improved hair, skin, and nails. Practitioners are finding the juice to be an effective tool in restoring gut health. You can find Totem Voss, that's T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S, at getchews.com. That's getchews.com. Use code DRDIVA, that's D-R-D-I-V-A, for an additional 10% off your first order. A friend of mine would say, well, hope is dope. And I said, no, 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 it's not like that. Hope, if it's based on truth, on, on having seen it, on knowing that it's possible, that people have, have succeeded in getting rid of rheumatoid arthritis, MS, whatever it is, then holding the possibility as a doctor is one of the big services that you can do. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, I am joined with Dr. Bolliger. For over three decades, she's trained healthcare practitioners on how to integrate body and mind while addressing pain, trauma, and health. Dr. Bolliger's unique methodology guides people on a path to physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness, reminding them of their life's choices and agency. How you live your life is how you heal. The body knows how to heal. Our job is to learn how to live. These are nice quotes from Dr. Bolliger. People often limit their healing process, whether it's from arthritis, chronic pain, multiple sclerosis, by abdicating their power to their diagnosis. The path to health means discovering what really needs healing, rewriting the stories that don't serve us, honoring our body, and reclaiming our path back to joy. She's a best-selling author of What Patients Don't Say If Doctors Don't Ask, The Mindful Patient-Doctor Relationship, and A Healer in Every Household, Simple Solutions for Stress. And she's currently writing a book based on her Listen, the Intelligent Healing System called Your Body is Smarter Than You Think. Dr. Bolliger is a board-certified naturopathic physician since 92 and founder and CEO of BowenCollege.com, TEDx speaker, host of the Healers Cafe, where she has conversations on health and healing with healthcare practitioners. Dr. Bolliger, thank you so much for coming on to our show today. How are you today? Good. Well, thank you very much for having me here. I'm really excited to dive into trauma and uh, diagnosis of 
chronic conditions and how that relates to our trauma. So can you talk to us in your approach in healing trauma? Okay. So, I mean, it, it really starts with the approach to the whole person because, um, as a practicing at the time, I've actually, I'm not in practice right now, just to be clear. Um, I would look at what the patient says they have or believes they have, and then do the normal diagnostics of what it is that might be happening. But trauma doesn't always come in at the very beginning. So often it's through a discovery process which is part of my listen program where I go through many aspects of a person's life and their psychology, how they see the world, how they feel about themselves, their self-saboteurs that come up, part of the language they use, all of that. That's how we discover that there's been a time period or something that has this shadow side that has brought in I call them part-time personalities, but they might be dormant in the unconscious. So they're not always present, but they can cause huge handicaps in being able to address what the body's experiencing currently. Like an, a simple example would be a person uh, with rheumatoid arthritis and they're not responding. So they may have tried drug therapies. They may have tried some natural therapies. They may have looked at their diet. So they've done many things, but what they haven't looked at is what, what caused it, what triggered it. And you can say, oh, sure, it's in, the, it's in the genes, maybe. It's this, it's that. We have lots of theories where it comes. But most of the onsets come from some event, some event that sort of put the, the flame in the fire or whatever that actually started things showing up. So it's as if possibly there might have been latent susceptibilities, which we have in, in many conditions. We, have, we can be susceptible to certain things, but it'll never manifest unless there's been a trigger to it. And the trigger often reignites an earlier trauma. So, so it's a it's really <laughs> it's painting the whole picture and seeing where the stuckness is. Where is it that people are um, why aren't they going forward? And sometimes they know that's the conscious part, but there's often a part where they don't know why. And so that's part of the, you know, the, the discovery work that we do together, as well as one of the tools I use is something called Bowen therapy, but I don't use it as a just technique, do this to the body. It's really like work with the, the patient and allow the body to release whatever it needs to. And so much of our unconscious are emotions that are trapped. And so people will have almost like, like dreams, but they're not dreams, they're vivid dreams. Like during the treatment, they'll have a, an image or a something that comes up, they'll release an emotion and they go, wow, I had no idea where that came from. And then once it's brought to consciousness, then we can work with it 
and release it from the holding pattern that that we tend to create in our lives when we're living without the awareness. So going back to your example of a patient having been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, are you saying that we have to go to the root cause of this diagnosis or of this specific chronic condition and then unearth the emotional aspects related to the diagnosis? And then by doing that, we're able to heal the trauma associated with the issue and then, in in essence, really be able to help facilitate healing for this particular person. Yes, I think that's a a perfect summary. And and if I were to make a generalization, which is truly a generalization, I would say that in the majority of the patients I've treated with rheumatoid arthritis, there has been a loss or a grief within two years prior to the onset of the symptoms. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Do you find that, do you find that true with other chronic conditions as well, or just specifically with rheumatoid? No, with, with all, all different conditions they have um, as a single physician, I don't have, you know, the breadth of knowledge to be an expert in many of the different conditions, but, but I have seen patterns where I come to a sort of, oh, I wonder if this is part of the picture, yeah. but the process discovers it anyways. What you're kind of reporting is something that I truly believe in. I mean, I really feel that if your most chronic conditions have some sort of traumatic event that incites this particular condition to commence. And in my opinion, I feel like if you can really release trauma from an individual as well as curtail and mitigate inflammation, you really are able to transform an individual's health. Absolutely. And I think the second point you're saying, inflammation is something that we can easily do with lifestyle. And so many chronic conditions have an inflammatory component. So I think one of the one of the areas not looked into enough, which is why I really appreciate your question. What about the trauma? Because the thing is, you know, drugs themselves is only a little piece of it. And it's sometimes only a band-aid. You know, doing lifestyle, while that's a coping mechanism, sometimes it's curative. Sometimes you really get rid of inflammation in your diet and your body has no reason to to continue creating it. But when that doesn't work, there's more. And I find it's so much more efficient if we get right to the bottom of it and allow all of that to be released, then you know, of course, it's better to eat a diet that's healthy and not inflammatory, but it you don't pay the same consequences. Yeah. You, you're freer. You're free to be, yeah, to make sometimes errors of judgment and you're not going to pay for it in tremendous amount of pain and inflammation, right? So yeah. it's like you, you normalize a little bit. And then with these folks, I mean, sometimes, you know, people have these conditions for years and they haven't had the sense of correlating their conditions with a specific event. So how is your approach in a way that unearths the causative factor without causing more trauma? Right. Okay. So and that's, again, it's a very good question because most people, if they think there might be some trauma, 
will focus so much on the trauma that they traumatize themselves. And, and a lot of the therapies out there, it's, it's endless self-help. What I find the most effective way is to, to work with what we've come to understand about, um, about uh, psychoneuroimmunology and really understand that once we focus our, our mind to something we would like to achieve and we don't think that we're broken, that we don't think we're just like a total mess, <laughs> we just need to be tweaked, <laughs> we, will, we can head in that direction and everything that needs to come up will come up for healing. So it's it's really about understanding that we have three types of memories. We have we have the unconscious memory, we have our self-conscious egoic sort of memory, and we have something that some people call it supraconscious. It's this sense of intuition, this this knowing the voice that is the I call it in my women's groups the wise woman, but it's there's wise men too. Don't worry, <laughs> it's it's all that same inner knowing, and it's it's not a voice that's emotional. It's a voice that just knows that will tell you, you know, no, nah, you don't need that extra piece of whatever it is, bread or you know, beer or whatever. That just knows. It just tells you, and if you can attune yourself to listen to it. And, and really have a purpose, a goal that you can envision, like, you know, great health and vitality. And you have a purpose why you want it. Like you, you want it because you, you, you want to be free in your old, older age or you want to play with your grandkids. Once you're in that structure, it's amazing how by working with those three memories, we allow whatever needs to surface to come to the forefront. So it, it's it's a bit hard to explain just like that, but but that's essentially the process. Healing is is simple. Like we complicate things. We are so designed to want to heal that with a little bit of guidance, incredible things are possible. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I a friend of mine would say, "Well, hope is dope," and I said, "No, no, no. It's not like that. Hope if it's based on." truth on on having seen it on knowing that it's possible that people have have succeeded in getting rid of rheumatoid arthritis ms whatever it is then holding the possibility as a doctor is one of the big services that you can do because so many times as a naturopath i get patients that that come and have been told, oh, there's nothing they can do. They're going to be on this for life. And they feel defeated. They don't trust their own body. They don't trust their own innate healing capacity. So I think once people realize that they have this and that they are truly able to create the life they want and love from the inside, it's much easier to heal. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical eBooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. 
You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctor2patient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. So my curiosity is, yeah, I totally agree with the sense that the body has its own innate ability to uh, heal itself. And obviously convincing the patients who have been typically going through the Western medicine process where they've been philosophized about how they have to take this specific medication for the rest of their life in order to curtail their symptoms and technically keep their disease at bay. So understanding that and, and overcoming that hurdle because they've been essentially brainwashed in this, this philosophy. So one is you have to mitigate that type of thought process. And two, when you introduce the process of saying that there is a specific traumatic event you know, or emotional or otherwise that could be contributing, sometimes they can basically look at this as a far-fetched type of uh, modality to treat their disease. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that there's some challenges when you talk about this modality when you're introducing or, or talking with the patient about what they can expect with your treatment. True. Uh, there, there is. But one of the things I've learned is you've got to connect with people where exactly where they're at. So, for example, if I have somebody that's brought in by somebody else for their sake, <laughs> you know, that type of thing is, you know, come see my wife or come see my husband or whatever. But they they just they really don't want to be there. Um, I love that. They're skeptics. It doesn't matter. And I'm not there to prove anything to them. It's for them to experience it. Mm -hmm. So then I will actually start with body work. Um, because when they connect to their own body with this particular methodology, uh, it, it's very hard not to be shocked that our bodies are so powerful. You know, and they're like, oh, come on, there's no way that this could have done anything and or can do because it doesn't always work immediately. It may take a week. And um, so I've had people walk off like in a huff and a puff and, and, and in my service, you have to pay for it. It's not covered by any, anything. Uh, well, by private insurance it is, but in some cases, um, but people will, will come back <laughs> and they'll say, okay, I don't know what you did there, but, <laughs> and so it's like, well, let's see. Let's see what your body, you know, I just gave information. Let's see what your body really wants. And if you work with them like that, they go, oh my God, my frozen shoulder. It's like, wow, I was told I couldn't do anything for another whatever, you know, or do physio for another two years or whatever. And um, they're like, well, is there anything you can do for my anxiety? And I said, oh, well, tell me more about it. And it's this slow development of trust. trust. And, and I think that's the relationship. It's not trust me blindly like we're supposed to do nowadays <laughs> with health experts telling us what to do without any discussion of anything. And that's very, very scary. But it, like trust where you 
the relationship will give it to you. Like they would know that I would never go against my oath to first do no harm, that I would, you know, I would know what I'm doing and I would let them know when, okay, this this feels like we need to do further investigation or maybe another referral or another test or whatever. So I think, you, you know, you, what's the word in English? You, you win your trust. Is that the right way in English? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so my other question is with the trauma itself. So you were mentioning body work as a modality to, to release some of the trauma that's stored in the body. And obviously you're very much into the philosophy that, trauma can be stored in the body. And that's absolutely. Yeah. And I, I believe that as well. But do you exclusively do your work through the body or do you do anything else that can unlock memories and events that's in the subconscious? Yes. So I do, I do both. So um, in my physical practice, uh, I'm in Canada and we're in very strange situations currently <laughs> where it has actually um, allowed me to create new ways of connecting with people because of the limitations that we're experiencing. But in my physical practice, I would do both. And I would do them sort of depending on what people came in with. Like, I'll give you an example. Actually, it's an example I used in my, uh, in my TEDx talk too. Um, and which actually got banned just as a side point. Interesting, because I talk about the innate um, immune system and, and how powerful it is. We, we have problems with that, apparently. Yeah, so. pharmaceutical companies don't like the word innate ability to heal. So, yeah, I'm sure that's why it was removed. <laughs> well, it was just the timing was was everything. It was I just did it in January 2021. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, bad timing. <laughs> Anyways, but but the, the stories are are um, are amazing patient stories that I chose to really explain this. But this one is about about trauma. So I had um, an actor, relatively well known one as well, who obviously after about 10 years, you're, you don't have stage fright, right? I mean, you're, you're doing it, you have a little bit, but you don't have major stage fright. But he came in saying that every time he would ab about to go on stage or do something like that, he would have this incredible sensation in his body. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he was like in a panic state. He he couldn't do anything. So he basically was not able to act for five years until he, he saw me. And, you know, he had done everything, all kinds of drugs. He had seen all kinds of therapists, um, muscle relaxants for the spasm, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, well, let's do this, this work. And I decided with him, I'm going to do the physical work. And as he's lying down, I'm doing a few moves on him. And he has this taste of anesthesia that comes in his mouth. And I, I wasn't using anesthesia. I don't need to. And I'm not uh, qualified for it either. Anyway, and he's like, what, what is this? And he has a big realization and flash to when he had, um, he was paralyzed with fear going to a dentist for an operation that required anesthesia. And so what happened is that as the body released the anesthesia and the memory and the trauma, basically what he had done is merged a 
tiny fright, stage fright for him was a little thing with a major fright, which was this um, fear of dentistry. And they had become one and his body was not able to separate them. So he, he had existed for the last five years with merged memories into one. And that was his trauma. The moment the body released the trauma by bringing it to consciousness with the anesthesia, which is not a nice feeling, but it, it put like everything together, his body relaxed. And that was the end of the spasm, the end of the fear, the end of everything. It was just like, ah, oh, I'm free. And it's like we get our wires crossed, right? Sometimes, right? And that's that can happen with our mind. And our bodies can hold this for as long until we let it go. And so there was no um, figuring it out that easily. I mean, in retrospect, possibly we could have figured it out with a history, but he didn't really, nothing came up until his body was ready to speak. You know, so that's an example, right, of, you know, that type of work with the body. Um, And now I'm doing it without the body. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, since you're unable to see, you know, folks uh, in person. So yeah, I and that's what I was other, always also curious about. So what other modalities do you use? I mean, specifically you've had to pivot from body work, you know, now, how are you um, getting to the root cause with and, and able to heal the trauma that these people have? Yeah. Well, the first step was to get over my limited belief that I absolutely needed a physical body because that really that really was difficult for me. Yeah. I it was something that I and and touch is so important and it's part of it, the connection and so for me to give that up was was my own personal growth. That's the first thing I had to do is say, well, what if there was actually a possibility of still helping. And so that was the first step, because if you don't ask the question, if you don't open to the possibility, nothing else happens. And and then I started using a program that I wrote um, several years ago that was sort of dormant in the background (laughs) that I had, um, you know, for my students to help them better understand the doctor-patient relationship. But I hadn't actively used it as a, program online. And uh, it's uh, based on the listen principles. And so I started bringing people through the steps and finding incredible things happening that just surprised me, (laughs) you know, literally, I, you know, quite honestly, I'm always surprised. I, I find healing so powerful and so beautiful. So it's not shocking to be surprised for me, but when people say, well, my knees, they don't hurt me anymore. And I haven't touched their knees. It's like, how is that possible? So I don't have answers on the how yet. <laughs> like I'm still in that, like, wow, there's so much more than I'm, I know it's there. I, I get it. And I don't get it fully. You know, I, I think we're just such powerful beings, so much more than just the physiology of our body and the biology of our body. You know, and then we can say, yes, and also we're thoughts and we're beliefs and we're feelings and we have emotions. And maybe there's even more. (laughs) Maybe we actually are these 
you know, souls inhabiting a body. <laughs> Maybe there's more. I and and when I'm going into this kind of work and seeing what's possible, yeah, I, I have to stay open with the question and go, if there's a desire to heal and you're doing everything in alignment with it, why couldn't people heal? Mm-hmm. If you can structure it right, you know, like you, you can't just say, well, just do it. You know, and it's not like that. There is a kind of a, a holding the space and and step by step process. But it's possible. Like this is what I'm seeing now. So, yeah, <laughs> catch me in a couple of years and I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, are you able to discuss your methodology and, and uh, so that we can understand Sure. What it is that's different, um, and since now you've had to pivot your your t- the way you're implementing the tools that you use to promote the same type of healing. Right. Okay. So, so the 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 listen principles I based it literally on an acronym, and when I had stage four cancer, which was uh, now plus 20 years ago and and I healed naturally I didn't do I didn't have the hysterectomy that I was scheduled to have or anything else um I had to go to the root of the trauma and so I based the first part on this and so L stands for love and it's a it's about deep self-care and asking ourselves a question about what is loving to me? Just literally sitting with that, with every decision we make. Because we have this idea of selfish, and it's a, it's a very weird way of looking at selfish, because if we don't look after self, there is no one else that that we can look after, you know, and, and I think many doctors make that mistake too. We're, we're constantly out there giving, 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 and then it's like, we're burnt out. We're exhausted. We're, you know, so I think that's a big part. I is inquiry. So it's inquiring into our thoughts and beliefs and, and where they come from in our values. S is symptoms as symbols. So I use I help people establish a metaphor for their life and for what's happening. And because the unconscious speaks in symbolic language, often by the words they use or the images, we can actually unravel the process by our imagination. You know, so people will say, I probably don't, can't give you too many details, but, you know, like a, a like a hot burning army. And that's why we have this inflammation. And it's like, well, well, what can this army do? Where else can it go? So we kind of break, what is it actually trying to do? And by understanding the process and working with it, we can actually release some of the beliefs that are hidden in these, in these metaphors that we use for our life. The um, T in listen is touch, touch and trust. So there was my hiccup because I had this idea that uh, I've got to do the work. But when I started my practice in Nova Scotia, I taught my patients how to do the very basic, what I called reboot, so that families could do this for each other. And I've had kids as young as 12 
learn that because it's that simple to do to their parents. And couples can do it together. And what it does is it puts you into parasympathetic mode so that your body can heal. Because if you're in stress mode, you, you can't really heal. Like healing doesn't take place under fear or under stress. So it's a simple way of rebooting the body. So that's the T. E is to engage. And through really engaging our our life, we, we become empowered when we realize we have choices. We're always making choices. And when we stop looking at things happening, you know, to us uh, and feeling like we're the victim of our life and circumstances, but rather what's the wisdom of the little thing I did here, which was a failure? What, what can I learn? But I made that choice and trusting that it's the path along the way. So it's like a, a changing a little bit, but engaging in what I would call our, our energetic body to really, you know, to be it so you can actually receive it. Because as long as there's just ideas, nothing happens. So that's the E. And N is now. It's literally what's the next step now. So I use that as my baseline. And then um, when people have done that, that basic um, work with me, then I do, I do other work that is, it's, it's similar but different. It's just more tools to the box that, that help people um, become the main creative agent in their life. Bottom line. Right. I wanted to go back to one of your, the letters in your acronym T touch mm -hmm. in these times that we're living in. A lot of times people live by themselves. Yes. So how would you address this issue with an individual who doesn't have anyone else around them? Yeah. So, and that is exactly what came up. <laughs> so there are people and because, you know, you can't go visit and all that. Well, the, the truth is people don't touch themselves, you know, and it's like, we, we were in a, in a, what's that called? Like a Zoom webinar. And we're all like holding ourselves like a hug on skin. It's like we have two different hands and our body doesn't even know the feel of each other's, of each hand on the other side, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's remarkable how we don't know our bodies, how we, you know, and, and feet, right? So many people have never touch their feet. It's at the end of the body and they don't connect with their feet. And now some cultures do. It's a, you know, feet are a big part, but just to move the little carpal bones and move the, the foot and stretch it and look at it, you know, those are things that, that bring a connection with oneself that is so overlooked. You know, and there's simple, simple things. It could be brushing your hair, you know, um, like it, it's just we don't pay attention to so much of that. Or we go to um, estheticians that take care of this part or that part. It's it's the same kind of thing. We don't realize that we we can do so much ourselves. Right. And breathing. Yeah, there, there's a lot there that um, a lot of people may say it's it's too much. They're they're requires some accountability for each individual to uh, go through these processes that you've outlined. So 
I guess my question is, is how long does it take for a person to unearth their, their trauma and release this trauma from their body? And yeah, we'll start with that. Okay. I, I mean, the right answer is it depends. <laughs> it depends on a million things. And it's not necessarily related to how long ago. So in other words, um, somebody can release something, including pain that they've had for 20 years, almost as easily as somebody who has just had it for, you know, two months, like a more an acute or six weeks. So it, it isn't related to that. Um, and you're saying with the new methodology in this new circumstance and that, well, yeah, I need more people to give you an absolute feeling, but I, I have seen people in such disbelief that they can actually heal things that I'm also shocked with. <laughs> so I think, again, if people want to, it's a fabulous process to be able to allow it and see. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt. And it, it's um, it's certainly faster, I think, than many processes I have mm -hmm. participated in because, you know, you have to heal the healer first, right? So I have done just about everything on earth that I could get my hands on uh, to really experience it and to know. And I, I find this to be really a culmination of so much information that I've learned from incredible masters and people out there, plus my own intuitive knowing of what feels right. So it's, you know. I mean, and I could only imagine if you were to able to use this specific tool along with body work, I mean, how much more effective uh, to facilitate the release from the person's body. Yes. Um, I, I can only imagine how, how just it's like that one, two prong approach would be just unbelievable and be able to really treat and heal that person that much quicker. Mm -hmm. Also, so trauma, you know, to, through an individual, it may not be their own trauma. I mean, as you know, that right. trauma is inherited from at least four generations that we can see trauma being inherited. So a lot of times people who have these issues with disease processes, it may be triggered by something that's not even, you know, on their own awareness. It could be just related to something that has been passed on from generation to generation. Absolutely. And do you find that the case in some of your clients and oh, yeah. some of your patients? Yeah. And, and this is the part that's, it, it's, this is the fun part. <laughs> when you create the, the structure where they have a goal and they see it, then, then they realize where they're at right now. It's that, like, there's a field in between where I kind of look at it like, like, um, like a football field and they want to get there, but there's all these things that come up in the way, gopher holes. And so I look at these gopher holes as aspects of our whole being that are coming up for healing. So as we're creating this process, memories come and, and I'll say, I'll ask them, where does, where does that come from? And people say, it feels like it came about whatever many years ago or four lives ago. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, did I just say that? And I said, yeah, you just said that because there's a part of us that knows this. And then there's, you know, the part of the mind that goes, oh, this can't be true. I can't know. And all of that sort of justification. But I said, it doesn't matter if your body 
has given that to your superconscious, we're going to work with it. And if it's mm-hmm. true, then it will not be in the way anymore. And all these gopher holes will be nicely sanded down and will be fine and you can get to your goal. So we want to see what are the obstacles that show up. And and it's it, so this process is super simple. It's very, um, you don't have to work hard at it. You're not searching for anything. You're just in a state of what I call innocence. It's a state of, of just allowing what comes and trusting that your superconscious will bring out what it needs to. It just does. And if we stop um, going against it and just saying, you know, it's saying it. I don't know if it's true or not true. I don't know. Like, I can't go back four lifetimes ago and, and prove it one way or another. But if you get better and it came up, who cares? <laughs> It's just like, let's do the work. Let's just, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's the, the humbleness of this is that uh, one may not know <laughs> for sure, but, it, but if, if it works and the end result is that we are living a life we love in the body that we can connect with, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also curious about the body work itself. You know, this is much more than your deep tissue massage, sweetest massage. This is, you know, somatic work. Correct. Were you trained on this or did you just kind of intuitively figure out where on the body to target and release? No. So the work, um, the spots to begin with were a part of an assessment from a fellow named Tom Bowen, who was in Australia. And uh, he he did this work and then different osteopaths and chiropractors you know came to see and witness his work now he was highly intuitive he also was trained in um, chinese medicine so he had some understanding of meridian lines and and all of that and he would assess people's fascial lines which are similar to the meridian lines and see where there were stuck patterns and he would look at how people sat and how they, you know, how they held their bodies and he could tell what was off. So he was a truly gifted healer. He, um, in his life, when he died, there was 13,000 people who showed up at his, um, wow. at his burial, uh, people he had helped like from all walks of lives. And um, he would, he would help people that were in wheelchairs and um, and pregnant women for free. <laughs> so uh, it, a big contributor to this world. Anyway, so I, I learned the, the basis of his work um, as a starting point. And then I combined it with my knowledge. And over the years, I, I got a sense of what this is. And then I just allowed myself to, to write down what I did <laughs> and see if it works. And if it worked in at least 60 cases, then it became something I would do for this condition or that. So, so it's all trial and error for, for your own purpose. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Basically. I mean, there's something that leads you to, uh, this makes sense. Like, you know, if you're going to work with the belly of the muscle, you got to find the belly of the muscle. But if you're working with a tendon, you have to think of a little bit differently. So there's, there's hunches of 
how to do certain things. And then you kind of piece it together. We only have this many muscles, <laughs> this many tendons. And, you know, you start putting things together and making more sense of it as you, as you do this work. And I was right. seeing like 150 people a week. So I had lots of experience with people. <laughs> so it yeah. I, I'm curious. So people, they, when they come to you, they're not complaining of any physical manifestations of discomfort or they may be, but for the more or less, when you're doing your assessment, you're able to literally look at the entire body, palpate, feel, look at the structure, look at the compensatory measures. And then based on that, along with your complaints, determine you know where to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the very interesting thing. Um, so I, I teach this, like I, I founded a college called Bowen College, where I put this whole methodology together with the mind-body component. So not just the technique, but the, the understanding of how that fits in the entire, you know, um, client um, doctor relationship or, or client um, practitioner relationship. Yeah. yeah. So um, what was your question again is how, yeah, you put it together this way, but yes, this is what I was going to say. You give the body sometimes a similar amount of information. And that's what I call a reboot. It's actually, you can do the same to every person, the, the first session. And what it does is it brings out the ailments that you should be looking at next time. So there's an order to healing. So let's say somebody has sciatica and they had shoulder problems and they have a migraine and um, maybe they, they have terrible PMS, whatever. So they come in and you, you get a sense, okay, well, what's worse? What's more strong? What's this? What's that? So you, you get a, a history and an intensity, sure. But then when you do the basic treatment, it's like the body decides, this is what we're going to deal with first. <laughs> so when they come in next time, they may feel, you know, overall more relaxed maybe, but now their sciatica is like, please deal with this. This is number one. It was number three, but we need to deal with this. And what's interesting is the body also heals in the reverse order of the apparition of symptoms on the physical level. So it's, it's, uh, it's the same truth in homeopathy as well. That's what we use to kind of have a look at, are we going in the right direction? Are people healing, you know, innately, if they do, then they're going with the last thing and they're going backwards to the things that had significant. Hooks. So, in other, yeah. And in, in other words, I guess the deeper underlying issues are going to be the last to be unearthed and to be released. Yes. Yeah. And even the, like, I have people where I've done a treatment, they never complained about an ankle issue. And then they're like, oh, my ankles are really weird now. What's going on? And I said, well, did you, have you had problems? You know, yes, I actually fell off a horse and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that's where it was. So it wasn't fully healed. And now that the body's in total healing mode, it wants to heal that. <laughs> so as we get through everything, it's like, it's like, I just see it like, come, it comes up and says, okay, come on. Now I'm ready for this. Let's work hmm. with that. <laughs> I wanted to get your uh, opinion on this. So I, I tend to believe in the same philosophy and um, I'm curious to chat with you a little bit offline 
about learning some of the techniques and methodologies that you've figured out over many years and through trial and error. Um, we had the same philosophy in terms of how to heal, releasing trauma and mitigating and reducing inflammation. So what are your thoughts on the utilization of psychedelic substances to help facilitate the release of trauma? Well, personally, I think it can be very helpful to people who um, who have done that. I know certainly, I think it's public knowledge, I'm allowed to say it now, but Dr. Gabor Mate mm -hmm. um, has done tremendous amount of work on this. And um, he was working here in Vancouver on the East End. And um, I've certainly assisted in his workshops and that. And it's it's incredible what happens when you allow the, the unconscious to come out and to get processed. And here's the thing is, I believe that it's so important to have the respect of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a ceremony, literally. We have to have reverence to it. We have to know that um, there's going to be an interaction and a dance and you need to be in a safe environment. And ideally, um, having somebody who can help process the information that's going to come up for you. So I think that whole part is so, um, is, is so powerful. But when people use the substance as if it were any old drug, I don't think that does anything. I mean, it's not, um, I don't I agree. It may have, you know, some hallucinogenic effect, but you're not going to heal unless you're in a healing context. I agree. And I, what I tend to do is I facilitate these types of experiences. And I find when they're in that space that, you know, they're much more apt to have a release as long as you understand and you have that intentionality ahead of time. Yeah. And yeah, if you're doing it purely just to, I don't know, to explore or just to, you know, whatever the, the, the reason is, I, it's, it's not going to proceed with these types of results of healing because that context was never there. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's how I'm, I'm using it. I'm, and I'm exploring more, you know, because mm. there's so many ways to utilize these substances with different modalities to really get to the root cause and release in a much more efficient manner. That's kind of what my search is. And so mm. it's been, it's been really interesting talking with you about your modalities and some of the things yeah. that I have uh, that, that I'm utilizing, it's just really coming up with various algorithms and, and techniques to really make a transformational process for an individual. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because this coming weekend, practitioners I've trained and people who, are, who have um, a, a background in psychedelics that have done this kind of work, they're meeting together to see how that works. Um, it, because it just seems like both of them have done both. <laughs> so it's like everyone's aware that there should be magic here coming. <laughs> so anyway, so that's, uh, we're going to see what that's like. So yeah. we definitely can be in touch because yeah. I think if we can bring in a touch to this, it's, it's a uh, game changer. It's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And I also agree with what you said very beginning of, of, of our show is that the healer needs to heal first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And, you know, continually, right? Like it's because otherwise, how can we really be of service if we're triggered, if we're in our egoic mind, if we are, 
you know, if we have other concerns other than actually the patient sitting in front of us. Exactly. And, and as I can relate to you is, is I'm, I'm also a stage four cancer survivor, but I had to go through the Western means of treating myself because I didn't know any of this other alternative right. way of healing the body or know that the body has its innate ability to heal itself because I was brainwashed by Western medicine as I am a Western medicine practitioner. And I'm literally, that's what my show is and my work is about is to try to lead people and give them information that they're otherwise not exposed to. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's really important that you're doing that kind of work because we need bridges, you know, we need bridges continually. And, you know, and if I could bring it to current relevance (laughs) today, more than anything is people are being brainwashed. And I believe doctors have been brainwashed completely that they actually think that some sterile, you know, injection with God knows what's in it, because we're still in experimental understanding, is the solution. When truly the research has shown that our innate immune system actually does what it's supposed to do. So it's it's shocking besides the politics, besides the all other things, there is fundamentally a lack of of true knowledge there. We're not trained to believe anymore that our bodies are powerful, and that you know we we really have um, we we have a say on our bodies, right? That, that even that is being slowly eroded as if it yep. didn't matter. So I, I think it's super super important, and I I think especially now when I think about these poor um, children that you know are living in fear because their parents have believed that somehow if they need to get this thing <laughs> that there's absolutely no reason for them to get it like the most of them are already immune it doesn't affect them and they're doing it for grandma or for aunt whatever because of their condition I, it, the logic is beyond beyond but how we could inflict on the this generation what we do not know Mm-hmm. And and as we're starting to know more and more, and it's very problematic. And I I find that, um, yeah, I know many people say, why aren't more doctors speaking out? There are doctors speaking out; they're being censored. Censored, yeah, yeah. But My, there could be a. I mean, I really see that we could. Everyone could step out. <laughs> it's time, really, to hold your oath. You know, all of us. Like it's just it's scary what's happening. So yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I could talk to you about this. For I mean, for hours on end, because um, obviously we have the same philosophy. But for our listeners, if they are interested in learning more about your work and what you do, and maybe even becoming uh, a patient of yours, what's the best way for them to reach out or to find more information about you? I'm actually doing two sessions in December. That I don't know when this is coming out, but that might probably be- next week. Probably oh, week. okay. Okay. Then it would be to go to bowencollege.com slash create. And um, I'll spell it. It's B-O-W-E-N, like Bowen, and then college, like a college, dot com, and slash create, like one creates. Yeah. So, and there you can find out um, much more about this next process. And I also have 
uh, well, let me just, sorry, I'm trying to get the uh, bowencollege.com and then slash your body mind reboot. And that's the, the listen program that I was talking to you earlier about. So bowencollege.com slash your body mind reboot. Excellent. Okay. Dr. Bolliger, thank you so much for coming on the show and having a, I really had a great time chatting with you and this is an excellent, excellent topic to discuss. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, I really enjoy um, educating and um, empowering and also giving people hope. Yep. <laughs> That's really important. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>